Welcome to Stuff Said, the show where I, Greg Schiegel, living, breathing, working cartoonist, talk about comics with a guest on my own, with a group. This episode features a guest, and that guest is Franco, Franco Aureliani, who possibly and most likely known as the collaborator with Art Balthazar on Tiny Titans and the Oh Yeah Comics universe, and the Oh Yeah Comics stores, which this episode is recorded, or was recorded, at Oh Yeah Comics Harrison, Oh Yeah Comics New York. Uh, we were in the store after one of their open studio sketch days. I went up there, hung out, did a bunch of drawing, and then Franco and I got on the mics and had a, uh, the conversation you're going to hear in just a minute. Before we get to that... As I mentioned, I'm a living, breathing, working cartoonist. I would like you, if you are listening, to consider, if you haven't already, buying my books. I have two graphic novels out from Image Comics. One is called Picks, One Weirdest Weekend. The other one is called Picks, Two Super for School. You can go to PixComic.com, P-I-X-C-O-M-I-C.com, and you can read the first chapters of both of those books. The books are available at comic book shops if they don't have it you can ask them to order it they are available at bookstores if they don't have it you can ask them to order it they're available through online retailers uh, your Barnes and Nobles your Amazons etc you can use IndieBound.org to find an independent bookseller near you and they will get the book give it a shot I am very proud of these books and I would like you to read them I also work on Spongebob comics it's a monthly comic book and I'm in most issues. I'm in an issue that just came out this past week. I don't remember the issue number because I don't have it in front of me. But it's got a story uh, written and laid out by Graham Annable, Oscar-nominated director and cartoonist Graham Annable. So go check that out. There's a monster in it. There are bubbles in it. I did the cover. I did the story inside. So there's that. But really, it's the Pix comics that I want you to really focus in on. I am just coming off the weekend of a great day at the Brooklyn Book Festival, Children's Day. Met a lot of great people. Talked about my book. I had a panel that I moderated with uh, uh, Mark Siegel about his book, Five Worlds, The Sand Warrior, Amy Chu and her book, Anna and the Cosmic Race, and Marcus Emerson and his book, Recess Warriors. I tried to record the panel. But something went wrong with the recording. So I apologize for not having that recording to release as a podcast. I'm sorry. Anyway, enough about podcasts that aren't recorded. There's a podcast that is recorded. Also at PixComic.com. I mentioned PixComic.com. I'm going to mention it again. At PixComic.com with the second volume of Pix, Two Super for School, I recently held a scavenger hunt to find the Easter eggs. Whoever found the most Easter eggs wins a prize. That scavenger hunt is over. And if you go to PixComic.com now, on the blog section, I have revealed all the answers to the scavenger hunt. You can see all, I think there's something like 23 references and then a bunch of podcasts that are referenced. 
uh, I go through meticulously and show you where all the references are. So if you want to see how I reference uh, the Best Show podcast, you can find it. How I reference Power Pack or Bob Ross or Seinfeld. It's all there. I hope you enjoy that. Maybe that will inspire you to check out the book if you haven't already. Up next for me is Baltimore Comic Con, which is starting this Thursday. Or I'm sorry, this Friday, September 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Baltimore Comic Con. I will be there. So will my guest on this episode, Franco, will also be there. At this convention on Friday afternoon, the 22nd, I am hosting a panel, an edition of Super Blank the Game Show. I like doing these game show panels. This will be a fun one. On this panel will be frequent Stuff Said guest, Brian Smitty Smith, uh, author and illustrator of The Dreamer, Laura Innes, comic book artist, Aletha Martinez, and comic book writer, Brian Joins. It's going to be a fun game if you're at Baltimore Comic Con or planning to go. Come to this panel Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock? 2 o'clock. I think it's 2 o'clock. I should have this in front of me. On Sunday, the 24th, that afternoon, I cannot remember what time it is, uh, I'm doing a workshop in the Kids Read Comics Pavilion, which is where I will be stationed throughout the show. And that uh, workshop will be called Once Upon a Superhero, where I will endeavor to improvise with the kids there a, a mashup of superhero adventure with fairy tales or nursery rhymes or uh, things of that nature. Should be fun. Uh, and then after that is New York Comic Con. I believe I'm doing a panel at New York Comic Con. I don't have the details on that yet. So if you're in New York or going to New York Comic Con, uh, check the panel schedule as we get closer to the event. Or join my email mailing list. On October 1st, I will send out an email. In that newsletter, I will probably have all the details of my New York Comic Con comings and goings. Besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Greg Schiegel, G-R-E-G-G-S-C-H-I-G-I-E-L. Okay, this conversation with Franco was recorded, as I mentioned before, at Oya oh yeah Comics New York in Harrison, New York. I believe we recorded this on July 10th. Why has it taken me this long to put it out? Because I've had other things to do. I'm sorry. But I wanted to make sure I got it out before Baltimore Comic Con because we talk about Baltimore Comic Con and it seemed as good a time as any to say, hey, we're both going to be at Baltimore Comic Con. Stop by our tables and tell us you listened to this episode. So, uh, without any more uh, jibber-jabber, here is my conversation with Franco. I say yeah, yeah. That's what I say. I say yeah, yeah. All right. We are, we're here. We're here in All Yeah Comics Harrison. New York, yes. New York City. Well, not New York City. New York State. Yes. Right. About a half hour north of the city. About a half hour north. I'm sitting here with Franco. That's me. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll mention you in the introduction, but oh. it's nice to acknowledge that you're sitting in front will, of me. Will people have to rewind at this point to go to the introduction? Of course they will. Yeah. To come back and then come back to this point. And then they're going to have to go to the site and see that it says on this episode, Franco. Oh, okay. So they'll know. They're going to be... <laughs> it's almost like when you read a book and the title's at the top. Uh-huh. Probably any 20, every 20 minutes or so, we'll remind people who we're talking to. Oh, okay. So they never right. get lost. Okay, I've never done this before, so... You've been on, you've done a <laughs> podcast. But this one's a long time coming. Yes. This one is... Uh, we had art on. Yep. And now it's... It, it I listened just, to that one. Yeah, what'd you think? It was good. 
It was insightful. I learned things about him that I didn't know. What did you learn about him that you didn't know? I don't know. It was so okay, long ago. I, I don't remember. <laughs> now, speaking of Aya people, one Aya person in particular would be very excited to listen to this, and that's Scoot. Okay. Scoot is a, is a listener of this show. All right. He gets very excited when a new episode comes out. So if you have anything you want to say to Scoot that you know he'll hear. I don't, I don't really like Scoot very much. So. Which is interesting because he's basically <laughs> your partner in your latest venture. He is. No, uh, Scoot's a good guy. I like Scoot. Your second venture with Scoot, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's start there. Okay. Let's go like in reverse order, right? Instead All of right. doing a bio. Mm-hmm. You're doing this, you did a Patreon with Scoot. Right. Spot on adventure. Yes. You're doing another one. Yes. I'm going to bounce around a little bit, actually, now that I think about it. You started self-publishing. Way back in the day. Way back in the day. 92, 93? With Weirdsville, and before that was what, Flesh and Blood? Flesh and Bone? Flesh and Blood. Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Which was not a kid's thing. No. It's like I did some research before this started, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so, like, yeah. By asking you, what came before Weirdsville? Which I didn't even ask. You, you volunteered you did, that. You, yeah. You, did you Google me? How did you know? I knew about Weirdsville, and I, I vaguely remember Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Flesh and Blood was more in the style of me trying to maybe draw like Jim Lee, possibly. Right. <laughs> not, not even coming close. You wouldn't be the first. But but right. But uh, it, it, was, it was in that kind of style, but... It was taking me too long to do pages, and I thought to myself, "Hey, self, if I can, if I can do something faster, more cartoony." And that's when I started doing Weirdsville. Right. So I, I actually hit a bi-monthly schedule with that. Nice. And you were okay. So you were self-publishing. Yeah. What was the goal at the time in terms of self-publishing? Was the goal to to achieve something a la Jeff Smith, Terry Moore, etc., or was your goal to break into somewhere? Mad Magazine, DC yeah, Comics. Yeah. You know, Marvel. I don't know. I don't know that I had that. That kind of lofty thought, like, ooh, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, I think it was just really, I had gotten rejection letters from every company out there. Right. It was <laughs> and, a, you were sending five-page samples in, classic way you'd try yep, and break in? Okay. Yep, trying to send five-page samples in, and everybody was turning me down. And, and I actually got some cool advice from some people, but um, it was just, you know, you need to do this, or you need to get better at that, or you need to go back to art school, you know, all the usual <laughs> stuff that you hear. Sure. Um, I actually just remembered because I was in, I was in Denver um, a couple of weeks ago or last week, and and uh, they asked a question on a panel. And you remember Malibu Comics? Sure. I I tried out for one of their their contests, and okay. first place was you get to draw a ten page story in one of their books. And I did not get first place. I got second place. Oh. And I got as a consolation prize, as a second place prize. Every single comic that they had published up until that point. All right, it's a lot of hard That's, case issues. Yeah, so so I got like five cases of books delivered to my house, <laughs> and, and I never, I didn't read Malibu stuff, you know, right. like Prime. Prime and, was pretty and, good, and uh, Sludge, not Sludge. I didn't like that one. There hard was the, case. There was uh, the girl who, with the mask and the white costume with a big cloak and hood i don't remember yeah, her yeah, name yeah yeah yeah. oh what was and her then name? there was nightman i think nightman was part yeah. of theirs as well yeah he was a real jazz bow yeah <laughs> so i drew nightman and and the girl and i can't remember the girl's name i can't remember her name either but i know who you're talking about but uh I but drew it wasn't s- ghost it was no. like ghost but not ghost yeah she had a yeah. sword and uh, i can't remember but i drew those pages and i thought they came i'm like i'm gonna win first first place and, yeah and i didn't i won second place <laughs> do you remember who won first place i don't really I don't. I don't. I don't think they're even working nowadays. But I feel like you'd remember. It's almost like there's the. Uh, who was it that came in second place? 
in in I think it was Norm McDonald like came in second place in uh, Star Search. Oh right, right, yeah. And he lost to I can't remember who it was, but somebody who I think became big, but I can't remember, or maybe di- like was big for a hot second and disappeared. Right, something like that. I'm I'm getting that all wrong. So that was me. I was hot for a hot second, maybe. Not even. You had a lot of issues. Of, <laughs> a lot of Malibu comics coming. I did your have way. a lot of Malibu comics. It took me a while to get rid of those too. I wonder if it was Aaron Lepresti, and then he went on to do Sludge. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I met Aaron Lepresti at a convention when he was doing Sludge. He was very nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Said think nice I met him once, but I can't remember. Uh, okay, so I want to go a little bit into the the rejections of the good advice you got. Yeah. Can you remember some of the good advice where it came from? Yeah. Um. Jim Valentino from Image. Right. I had sent him uh, a packet of stuff, and he actually wrote back. He sent my samples back to me with notes all over them. Oh, wow. Like, you screwed this up. This is what you should have done here. And a few years ago, I saw him at a convention, and I went up to him, and I said, Mr. Valentino, uh, and he turned around, and I said, I just wanted to to talk to you. I I sent you samples years ago, and he winced. Because he thought like I was going to hit him or <laughs> or something was was coming his way, and I said I just wanted to thank you, and he's like really, and I said yeah, I said you you gave some really good advice. He goes well, I I tried to. He said a lot of people didn't take it that way, right? <laughs> but I said no, I did. I said I and I knew I wasn't the best. I'm still not the best, but because I'm always learning, and you, you know course. this as well. You you always learn from things, but uh, you know once I, you think you're the best, you're 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 done. You're in bad shape, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so so. His advice was really helpful, and and you know, talking about pacing, in in uh, the different panels and and pages and stuff like that. So his advice was great, and then again, I don't know. It seemed like image guys were the guys that gave me feedback. Um, you remember Todd Johnson and Larry Stroman? I remember uh, Larry Stroman. They did they did the book called Tribe. Yeah. Um, I was sick in bed. Um, you know, nursing a really bad fever and hacking and coughing and the phone rang and it was Todd Johnson and he was talking to me about the pages I sent in and how he liked them and what I needed to do, you know, to, to improve and get better. And, um, it made my day. I felt much better. Yeah, after no, that. that's amazing. But, but yeah, there were a couple of things like that. Like, uh, uh, I talked to Jim Shooter at a show once. Okay. Um, so I also... Went up to Jim Shooter with pages. So let's yeah. let's share our Jim Shooter oh, stories. Okay. You tell me yours first. Uh, Jim Shooter, he was um, he was about to leave the booth, whatever booth he was at at the time, and I asked for his advice, and he's like, "Well, I'm leaving." What I'm like, era? What era of Jim Shooter was this? Do you remember what company he was starting? I, I I believe it was was maybe at the tail end of Valiant, maybe Defiant. Okay, I I think that's about when I saw him. Okay, so. Um, I asked him for advice, and he was leaving and hesitant. He didn't want to. Right. You know, and I said, no, that's fine. I didn't want to pressure him or push him. And then I guess I looked like such a sad sack that he took pity on me, and he's like, he's like, all right, let me see the pages. And, and uh, he went through them and scorched me pretty bad. But again, that's, that's what I was looking of for. Of course. Um, rather than just, uh, no, you need to go back to art school. I wanted the feedback. Um, um so he he gave me advice, and then the other person, <laughs> I seem to have a, an image valiant connection because the other person was Don Perlin, sure, and he was at um, he was at Valiant at the time, and I I got him at a store signing, and uh, he ripped me a new one. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, oh, this is this is bad, and this is bad, and you got to do this, and you got to do that." But he took the time, and you know, um, and you were receptive to it. 
Well, yeah, I want it to be. Or, yeah, you yeah. want it to. Imp- yeah, yeah. I, I could see like if I wasn't receptive to it, I'd be like, oh, those guys are jerks. I hate sure. them. I mean, I'm but, sure you've had people who've asked you for advice and you can immediately tell they're not receptive. Right. Because they become defensive. They start explaining what they just did and why. Right, right. Yeah. 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 My, my shooter one was it was around the, when he was launching Defiant. He was traveling the country doing his How to Make Comics seminar, mm-hmm. which is great. I have all my notes still. My little Defiant notebook they gave you. And then I went up to him afterwards, and he kept using this word glyphing. Okay. He's like, you know, your backgrounds, you need to look at real objects because you're glyphing. You're glyphing. And I'm just like, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I'm listening. And it took me a while to realize, like, I was drawing a nightstand, and it looked like a nightstand, but didn't look like a nightstand. Oh. You follow me? Like, it was like, it was like a hieroglyph of a nightstand. Like, yeah, I know that's supposed to be a nightstand. Oh, I see. But if you look at an actual nightstand, you're going to draw a better looking nightstand. Oh, I get it. You follow yeah. me? So that's what glyphing means. That's my interpretation of it. Okay. Uh, I've not met Jim Shooter since to confirm or deny my... You should ask him on the show and ask him all about glyphing. I would love to have <laughs> Jim Shooter on this show. Are you kidding me? I got I to gotta work my way up. I got to start right. with a Franco right. and then get to a Jim Shooter <laughs> in that order. Yeah, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel here <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, could, I could go lower. Oh, okay. I've had, I've had people say, I'd love to be on the show. In the back of my head, I go... That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> okay. That's, that's my ego All right. coming into play. Okay. So I, I'm glad I rate somewhere in the middle then. You're, you're, you're middle to above middle. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you're breaking that line. <laughs> now people are seeing our dynamic, which is right. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you had no, you were self-publishing without any particular like MO, like no direction you were specifically trying to get to? Like, yeah. Who, just... were your, who were your career... And I only ask this because I had people in my mind whose careers I, I sort of admired and thought, like, if I could do what they were doing. Right. Like, did you have people like that that you saw in the business? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the notion of a comic book artist as an artist. Were you I, teaching at the time already? Uh, I, I wasn't. Okay. I got my teaching job after um, that. When we, when we started putting out Patrick the Wolf Boy, which was a few years after later is is when i got um my teaching job but yeah the 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 idea of a a comic book artist and that you know oh that's kind of what i want to be i just liked comic books i liked storytelling i liked artwork and i didn't have that notion of a writer or an artist or you know i want to be like that guy right type thing i think the only person to me was frank frazetta where it kind of fit that mold of, and the reason it fit that mold was because if you look at it, he could do very cartoony stuff, but he could also do that very realistic stuff. And I, I was like, oh, that's me. I want to do both huh. type thing, but not in the sense of, oh, I need to be Frank Frazetta type thing. Just, right. I just that's fast. I would have never, I would have never even thought Frank Frazetta. Yeah, I I used to go to the bookstore and and uh, try and steal the covers off the books. <laughs> Because they were Frank Frazetta. I'm like, what? what is this type yeah. thing? You know? And then I found a couple of his art books um, you know, in, a, in a store called Book and Record, if you can remember those from way back when. I grew up in Florida. We yeah. didn't have those. I, I went here in New York. They had a bunch of Book and Records. And I would go in and look at all the Frazetta you know, stuff. And then I found some of his art books. And those were cool. Because, uh, it, again, it had, you know, he did that little Abner. He, he ghosted on little Abner okay. uh, strip years ago. Um, and then he morphed into his paintings like and stuff like years that. Ago. Yeah, years ago like it was five years ago I know. <laughs> but uh he he would do those you know those paintings those book cover paintings yeah. then and stuff like that so he he had a a really varied career in comics or illustration but he know. wasn't 
he wasn't writing and drawing stories, right? He would just draw. No. So it's interesting that he was. Like when but he, again, I didn't have starting, that concept right. of of the writer and the artist and, and. But no, obviously you were doing it all. So right. I'm surprised that like the people you weren't looking at, and again, this is mostly based on what your career has become. But you know, Sergio Argones or just the Mad Magazine guys or any of that. See, I I knew of I, I knew Sergio's work. Yeah. But I didn't know Sergio. I didn't know there was the guy behind. You were connecting the names to the work. Right. So I would Fizzetta. I would see his his work. Right. And I would see Sergio's work and go, oh, that's cool. That's cartoony. That's funny. But I wouldn't connect that to Sergio's name. So how Sergio- did you even know to to do the self-publishing thing? Like, how did you even get yourself there if you hadn't, if you weren't paying that kind of attention? Well, I figured since I kept getting rejected <laughs> from everybody else, I needed to do something. But you must have known who myself. Jeff Smith was, right? At that point, no. Nope. What year was this? Ninety-two, ninety, ninety-one. Right, so Jeff Smith hadn't quite cracked, but he was there. He was doing Bone. Right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't discover Bone until years later. I'm trying to remember when they first mentioned it in Wizard Magazine. Were you buying Wizard Magazine at the time? Not all the time. But you were aware of that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm fascinated that you would just go like, I'm going to self-publish this book without... Had you? S- I mean, you must have seen like the 80s black and white stuff. Not a lot. Not a lot Tur- of it. Turtles? None of that? No. I, I, I really was superhero or like Richie Rich comics and stuff like that. But that's stuff that I would pick up on my own. I just... All right. I so nev- you come up with... Uh, flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. You have this idea. You're submitting that to people. Nobody wants it. What? What? No, actually, that that had gone through Brainstorm Comics. Somebody okay. had picked that up. Okay. But Brainstorm. Long story short, it didn't work out with them. And <laughs> no, long story short, nobody's ever heard of Brainstorm right. Comics. So yeah. So, you know, they published the first issue, and then I published subsequent issues. But again, it took me a while to do that realistic right if right you, you look at it now it doesn't look anything realistic <laughs> but but your your version of realistic yeah, you look at it you know and you, it took me a while to draw those pages sure so in my head i'm like oh i need my name out there i guess i was branding sooner than i thought i needed to be <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i guess but you know in my head i'm like oh i need to brand myself i need to get something out there so people know my name or know my work so they can associate it with both of these books and doing weirdsville let me hit on a bi-monthly schedule and do something faster. Did you have a day job at the time? Yeah, I was working in a restaurant. Okay. Serving or in the kitchen? Both. Both? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was a family restaurant. It was pizza. You know, I was making pizza. I was cooking. I was serving people, cleaning okay. tables, taking out the trash. It was everything. Okay. And I would draw at the pizza counter between customers. Yeah, why not? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would do the same. I mean, I drew in school constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I wasn't doing pages, but right. I, I, when I was in class, I wasn't doing pages. All right. So you, you get to self-publishing by by Franco Magic. Well, I... Like, there was into, no model you were following. Uh, yeah, it was, I looked into... Yeah, no, there was no model. I, I called up Diamond, and I asked, how do you how do you get a book in? And they explained it to me, and I, and I called up a printer. I found a printer and, and, you know, just did all the legwork myself. Amazing. No, that's that's... It's it's very impressive only because again, I know from my own experience, uh, you know I would read Wizard, I would read all these magazines, and they would do interview, and I would read the interviews with people, and I'd read an interview with Jeff Smith or whoever, and sort of get a sense of how they did it, and then you go, okay, that's how they did it, and how would I do it, and right. like that you didn't have that and still got to. Yeah, I had no no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I still don't, but I, <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. I, you 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 eventually learn that most people kind of don't. 
Like they're figuring yeah. it out, but they also yeah. don't know. So then you start doing the, the convention circuit as a self-publisher, and that's right. where you meet Art. Right. And he was doing, um, um, oh, what's the name of the thing? Cray Babies. The Cray Babies. Cray Baby Adventures. So the story as he tells it is you approached him. No. Right? Am I no. misremembering it? Possibly. You should go back and listen to the I episode. should go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> So how does so let's hear your your rendition of it. It, it might. It, I don't know if it'll listen. sync up with his now. I wanted to. We'll find out. Uh, I could right. be misremembering <laughs> it. Well, we we were at a show in um somewhere in New in Massachusetts. It was like it was one of these small bargain basement shows where nobody showed up, and it was just the vendors that were sitting there looking at each other for hours. And there was a guy who came in and was reading all of my books all of my Wordsville books and telling me now you have to remember these books. I wrote them. I illustrated them. I edited them myself. So there's bound to be mistakes. Of course. And he was going through page by page telling me everything I did wrong. (laughs) And after about a half an hour, it starts to grate on my nerves where I snatched the book out of his hand and I'm like, well, you know what? You don't have to read it, you know, with a kind of snarky attitude. And I shouldn't have done you. Yeah. But I shouldn't have done that, but I did. Yeah. And it's at that moment Art walks by and he says to me, he goes, you sell a lot of books that way? <laughs> and I'm like, who is this guy? And then he proceeds to sit down next to me and he set up like right next to me. And I'm like, great. Now I have all weekend next to this guy. But we started talking and we found out he, at the time he lived about 20 minutes from where I lived. And, you know, he had put out a few Cray Baby Adventures. I had put out a whole bunch of Weirdsville and we had a mutual kind of admiration like wow that guy did that all on his own type thing and then we just started talking and he came over for pizza and watched wrestling one night and the, the rest is history all right so i want to ask more about this <laughs> how fully formed was art balthazar the 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 people everybody know the the, the person everybody knows the people everybody knows mm-hmm. the person everybody knows the colors uh the hats the oh, yes. all that evolved over time with us but okay but so that's y- what i'm curious i'm curious his essence to know. was always there I'm curious to know how much of each of your personalities has imprinted on the other one. <laughs> like, like who is? Who I, I think we're very similar in personality, so there okay. wasn't a lot of imprinting going but on. You have you you exude, and I and I hope you take this the way it is intended. <laughs> you you exude whether you're trying to or not. There's there's more uh, darkness to you. People have said that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's almost because art is so fully formed as Art Balthazar, right? world's famous cartoonist yeah <laughs> that that he just he you know he becomes that right that thing but he was when always very with him he's not that all the time but but he th- there's that semblance there of yeah. that there's a semblance of that there and that was always there okay um you know he's he's always on and he is i think artistically you know his mind is just racing all the time and sure. i think he's a genius at design and color and and all that stuff. My art sense came from a different background, and this is going to sound weird, but I've watched my parents who don't speak English deal with people, and I've seen them be taken advantage of in sure. in, in the sense of things. And and as a kid, I've developed that that's not going to happen to me type of attitude, <laughs> sure. which is, I guess, why you. You say I exude that darkness. Yeah, maybe darkness a might bit. be the wrong word, but yeah, you have you have more of a yeah. You, you're so. I mean, you tell the story like that guy was there, took right. a half hour, and you're just like, yeah. all right, you can you can leave now, right? 
And yeah, I, I said it not right. so nicely, but yeah. Right. So I guess the question is like, how long did it take for the alt Balthazarness to sort of seep into you osmosis style and sort of break some of that down? Because you're not really like that now. You I, do it now in sort of a joking. Yeah, I don't think I was ever really like that. It's just okay. I, I think when that when, one guy pushed your buttons. Well, when anybody pushes my buttons, sure. I there was there was an experience not too long ago that happened with, but. Hopefully, Can you tell the experience without no, revealing any names? No, I don't want to. Okay. But, <laughs> but I think I think it gets to the point where it's just <laughs> it, there's a you know you push my buttons enough and that will come out that that part of like hey don't mess with me why are you trying to take advantage of me type thing comes out where you know under normal circumstances it doesn't right no that, that's. Yeah. Again, I guess again, the darkness I feel is probably the wrong right. word. But you are you are less prone to uh, as many all yeahs in a row <laughs> as art might be. I guess maybe yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm one to his every three maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like <laughs> okay. a, a smaller, you know, in in real life. Right. But at, I, but at I a think, show, it's a different animal. But I entirely. think that's why we've we've been able to work together so well. I mean, we're we're two sides of the same coin, right? As it were, and you know, business wise, I think. You know, I we both do everything, but there there's some things that he handles and some things that I handle, which is you know, and, and we work separately. People don't realize that oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah we, yeah, we do a bunch of projects separately, but it's we we always say to each other that it's it's a lot of fun to do stuff together, which is why we always come back and do stuff together. I mean, I remember when I first heard about you guys, and I think I said this on the art episode was Jacob and Chris had been at Philadelphia Comic Con, right. And they came back to New York with all yes and all just like nonstop. And I'm like, you guys are killing me <laughs> with this. Like, it's too much. <laughs> because it had like what you whatever you guys were doing had seeped into them. Oh, wow. And like they brought it back. And they were like, oh, you should have seen these guys that were next to us. Art and Franco. They're awesome. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and then it happened. <laughs> We'd gone to Acme Comics in North Carolina. Art was there. Right. For a, a Chris G. Cape Crisis thing. And everybody in North Carolina was like, oh, yeah, this. And I was like, this is crazy. This is <laughs> like, for some reason, it hadn't broken through to me. Right. Like, I had, you I had, had your that, barrier. You I <laughs> had the barrier. Up. I had the firewall. Right. So I guess I, I, I imagine you might have had some kind of firewall and how long it took for you to sort of. Yeah, I think the oh, yeah was, was just in his vernacular. Right. You know, and, and I don't know that it took that long to seep into me. I, it's not that, you know. It's infectious. Yeah. But I, I think that. Again, saying that we were of the same mindset with with how we approached comics and what we did, it, yeah, it didn't take too long, I guess, to to get into my <laughs> psyche, I guess. So then you guys are off. But the I wasn't race. resistant to it, right? Though. Yeah, I might have been resistant yeah. to it. <laughs> <laughs> then you guys are off to the races. You do Patrick the Wolf by Wolf Boy. Uh, the stuff he did for Disney Adventures was that the two of you or just him? Just him. Okay. Yeah. During that period. Yeah, Patrick the Wolf Boy wasn't wasn't. Uh, a smooth road either how so um we were getting ready to do patrick the wolf boy and diamond sent me we were publishing under blind wolf studios at the time which is my studio name and they had sent me a letter saying that they're not going to carry the book oh and incidentally they're not going to carry anything from us ever again because of order numbers or some other reason i guess it was i guess it was low order numbers and and but the the i have the letter i'd have to dig it out but the letter was worded so that, like, yeah, we're never going to carry anything you guys give us again. 
and I thought that was strange to be spelled out in the letter, so much yeah. so that I called Diamond and I said, hey, what does this mean? You're never going to carry any of our stuff. And the guy said, well, basically that was very poorly worded, but yeah, basically we're not going to carry your stuff anymore because numbers are low and you guys keep hitting us with this stuff and 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 uh, it's just it's just not, not going to go anywhere. At this point, no issues with Patrick had... None had come okay. out. And Art and, you know, and I were both understandably upset because you know the now we didn't have an avenue yeah for patrick so you know art's like well what are we going to do i don't want to go back to driving a truck you know and i'm like well, i don't want to go back to you know working in a restaurant either type thing but at that point i was teaching as well um and and he said well what are we going to do and i said well you know what we we already have the first issue ready to go let's just let let's that be our last issue of stuff that we're going to do, I guess, and then figure out what to do after that. We did the issue. We wound up going to shows, and we started selling quite a bit. And uh, Patrick is the first thing you guys are doing together. Right. Okay. Well, well, actually, we did the Cray Baby Weirdsville crossover, Okay. which was a lot of fun, which led to Patrick. But Patrick is the first like official, collaborative, created-together right. thing. It yeah. wasn't... Okay. Yeah. And, and It's an auspicious beginning. Yeah. One issue and done. One and done, basically. Yeah. And and we were going to shows and we sold quite quite a few issues. And I remember talking to someone I don't know if they were associated with Diamond or, or whatever and or even when I when when they sent me the letter, I, I remember questioning them saying, How is it that, you know, I could sell, you know, fifty copies of Weirdsville at a show? But I can't sell ten copies through your catalog nationwide. How is that possible? And and they're like, well, yeah, we're still not going to carry your stuff. So, so we went to shows and we we you know we're selling Patrick. And then um, two months later, I remember the Diamond catalog came out, and I was flipping through the Diamond catalog, and Patrick was in the catalog. And I'm like, oh man, that son of a gun, you know. I, can't believe art did this i can't believe he got it in there and didn't tell me about it so i called him up and he goes i don't know what you're talking about he goes i didn't send i didn't send it there somehow patrick the wolf boy wound up in, in diamond and i called diamond curious and i said you know this book how did it wind up in your catalog and they said oh someone in your company sent it to us and i said do you mind telling me who and i said yeah it was joy baggins it's one of the names in the credits the problem with that is we made up all the names in the credits. Just Art and I's, our names are the only real names. Right. We made up everybody else's name in that book. So I knew they were lying because Joy didn't send it to him because Joy didn't exist. Right. So, um, and then, you know, Art said, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, you know what? Screw those guys. We're not going to fill the order when it comes in. Unfortunately, the orders came back as pretty good. <laughs> and Art's like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, we're going to fill the orders because we, we had to go back to press because we didn't have oh, any really? books. We had sold them all. What was your initial print run? Do you remember? Uh, I think we we printed at least five thousand copies. Wow! Yeah. So you sold five thousand before Diamond could sell one of them. Uh, well, I think yeah, I think so. We sold then we went back that... and we sold. We we printed another three thousand or something like that. Wow! Yeah, we we printed quite a bit of that book. That's the nineties, right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it did well enough where we bought our first computers, basically, you know, for coloring and all that other stuff. And no, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so that's you guys are off to the races. You do that for a bunch of years. Yeah, that gets some attention, such that it was written up in Wizard, I believe, as well. Well, that'll Patrick, do it. Yeah. There you go. 
between that and Tiny Titans, what what fills the gap? It's not just Patrick, right? It is Patrick. Is it for a long time? It's Patrick. Yeah, it's Patrick, and we did uh, a couple of other things. We did, uh, you know, a couple of issues of the Grim Reaper. Um, we had done just stuff that we wanted to do and then you were teaching and then art was doing the disney adventure stuff right yeah he got the disney adventures gig so he was doing that around the same time as well so then tiny titans comes at this point i think the story's pretty relatively well known Mm -hmm. jan jones liked the stuff you guys did with patrick liked what art was doing disney adventures Mm -hmm. boom now you guys are art and franco right now you're now you are a brand yeah right all those things i was working for a year all those years (laughs) now you're suddenly a brand but you are art and franco Right. And you are Franco. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about this notion. You brought it up earlier. How I introduce myself as and Franco sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just this idea that for a long time, and maybe possibly still, I don't know because I know you as an independent person, you are and Franco. Right. Right? Like, Yeah, some people see that, yeah. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about that and, and... Basically, the first question, it's multi parts. One, mm-hmm. at what point did you feel like you were Anne Franco? And then at what point did you think, I need to do something to just be Franco? I don't think I've ever felt that way. Really? Yeah, I don't, you know, people. I feel like you're, you're I mean, again, maybe I'm projecting my own <laughs> ego, but like my <laughs> ego would have felt it. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever did because, you know, in, in talking to art all these years, you know, we had always said, and, and the only reason Tiny Titans happened, honestly, was because we had a conversation prior to that. Because he was doing Disney Adventures, and you know, there was never any any animosity with me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's doing Disney Adventures. It's good for both of us, type thing. And we had the conversation where if if something happened where we can do something together, or if one of us gets a gig, try to take the other one with you. If you can't. No hard feelings. We kind of know how this business works at this point. We've seen the downs, mostly downs of it <laughs> sure. at that point. Um, you know, so just no no ill will. You know, don't take it the wrong way. You, you know, you ha- I have a family. You have a family. At this point, you know, we're, we're grown up enough adults where we have to take care of our family. And, and that's understood. So there was never really any, you know, animosity that he got the Disney Adventures gig. I was happy for him. When he was approached, and only he was approached for Tiny Titans at first, um, and then talking with Dan DiDio, you know, he he was looking over the books and he, he asked Art, he's who's this Franco guy, and Art explained it and everything. He goes, all right, well, if you want him to work on the books, he can. Okay. Type thing, and that's how I became involved. But I knew that if the gig had gone to solely him, it would have been just him, right? And that was fine. But there, there's never really been any animosity. No, I'm not. I'm not even suggesting animosity. Yeah, not animosity, but you know, of me feeling isolated and and like, oh, he's getting credit, and or I'm just and Franco type right. thing. I've never really felt that way. So in a in a sliding doors world or a what if world, where Dan didn't ask who's this Franco guy. Yeah, I'd probably still be doing. Yeah, what, do you, what stuff. what's that world? Um, I, I'd still dr- be drawing. Right. I, I'd either be self publishing or trying to work somewhere or doing something. I, I think it's it's just in, ingrained in me that I have to. I mean, I went to film school, tried to get a job in film, and, and just found that that wasn't creative enough when I was a production assistant, you know, running lights and tape gaffer. And, Any and, particular uh, projects that uh, became just, movies? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> nothing became movies. We were trying to get movies done. I was working on trailers to try and sell the movie, but okay. I worked on a lot of 
TV commercials. Okay. So you remember the Grandpa Al Munster commercials? Like, you know, call 1-800, call this number, yeah. and, you know, Grandpa will tell you. I worked on those commercials. Okay. I don't know if you remember Jessica Hahn. Sure. The, the You know, the, the one who brought down Jim Baker, the minister? Sure. She had a 1-800 number. I worked on that commercial. Okay. <laughs> so if you go up and look on those on YouTube, like I don't get credit, but I worked on those commercials. But after a while, I just found that that wasn't creative enough for me. I just It just wasn't doing it, which is why I got into comics. When you went to film school, was the idea to be a director? Yeah, I wanted okay. to write and direct. Yeah. Who were your film, who are your film uh, career heroes? You know, the, the, you're talking about you know Spielberg and Lucas and... Um, Orson Welles and, and, you know, just, just a myriad of other people, you know, I wanted to tell stories. Sure. No, that, that's where that came from. No, that, that's, yeah. that, I get that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I think, I think if you're into comics, you're probably in some level into right. a lot of visual storytelling, right. whether it's film or illustration or whatever right. the case may so be. So comics happen to, you know, you asked before, you know, what was the, the genesis for that, and I guess it would have to be the film because right. I didn't know a lot about the cartoonists and the artists and stuff like that. Were you were you boarding out your movies when you were conceiving them? Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. So you were making I was, comics yeah. of a fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were the movies you were conceiving genre movies, or were they? They were just all over the place. I have screenplays to this day that are still stacked up in 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 the storeroom. Are but they any good? I like to think so. I wrote them. <laughs> well, I mean, have you reread them? No. Okay. I try not to go back. <laughs> <laughs> never go back never go like back. a shark right uh okay so that's that's alternate universe version of franco now we're right. back to reality franco okay so yeah i'm saying not a resentment question right. or a question of uh you have your own desire to tell stories right and being and wanting your your name to be your own brand your individual brand yeah i don't again it's like how strong was that feeling or, or are you that sort of, uh, I think I'm the, enjoying the ride? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. The ride, the Tiny Titans ride was yeah, crazy. I can imagine. It got, it got to certain points, and, and I owe everything in my career to that, honestly. But I think it was always, and it's never really been a name thing. Because if the name was so important to me, my last name would be on the books. <laughs> and everybody screws that up so much that I'm like, you know what? Just drop the last name and just go by Franco. Do you want to here and now uh, explain your last name and pronounce it properly? <laughs> My last name is Aureliani, and it's it's not an O. It's A-U-R. Right. And everybody pronounces It's pronounced like an O, but everybody would spell it that way. And there's so many vowels in there. In, in, in grade school, I used to be called Mr. Vowels because there were so many vowels in, 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 in my name, but everybody screws it up. And, and as a teacher, your students call you Mr. A. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, let me tell you a story. When I, when I was do. in grade school, when I, when I was in middle school, I, I went through three years of middle school and four years of high school with perfect attendance. I was never absent. Seven years of school, I was never absent. At my graduation, they presented me with a plaque for perfect attendance, and they spelled my name wrong on it. So, <laughs> so that, I'm like, oh. So, As somebody with a name that is, a last name that is, first name that is often misspelled, right. I, I feel your pain. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I just decided to nip that in the bud and just go like, you know, Cher has one name. Right. It's Franco. It's just Franco. All right. No, that, that's fine. <laughs> It's easy to spell, <laughs> right? Yeah, I just like to. A lot I of like people put K, a K in it. Franco. It's spelled with a C, though. F R A C O. It's Italian. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank with a K is what? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. But they put Franco with a K sometimes. They're wrong. I know. People spell my name with one G at the end. They're wrong. <laughs> See, it's not the right. It's not the name. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had a friend of mine recently sent me a picture of one of those Coke bottles mm-hmm. with a uh, Greg. 
with the, the one G. One G. What like, are you going to do with that? They're like, you never texted me back. I sent you that picture. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't my name. What are you going to do? Get a gel pen. Put another G in <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what my response is supposed to be like, oh, that's not my name. Right. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you talk about school. We're, gonna, we're, we're bouncing around a little bit. But I want to talk about uh, your work as a teacher. Okay. Uh, because I wonder, so you've been teaching how long now as of today? Uh, 18 years professionally. Okay. At the same school? No, you bounce around a little nope, bit. Same school. Same school? Yep. At what point do you become, is tenure still a thing? Is that like a... Yeah. Or is that uh, just after three years, summer school? So that was about 15, 15 years ago. What does that mean, tenure? Um, tenure means that you, you've passed a probationary period, okay. basically, and, and um, you're, you're a fixed member of the staff, so to speak. Is it but, harder to get fired at that point? Well, there's, there's a lot that you would have to go through. I mean, it, it, if, if something is going to go wrong as a teacher, it's going to happen within those first three years <laughs> and, and they're going to know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you can still get fired, but you know, it's, it's, I guess a little bit more difficult. Okay. And then at what point does, because teachers are in unions and stuff, right? So right. at some point there's a pension that kicks in or no? Yeah. That's what I'm basing my whole retirement on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. I mean, it seems to me, obviously you get some, uh, something out of teaching. Yeah, I love being in the classroom right. with the kids, yeah. But I can only imagine it is some version of a safety net in terms of it's a job, oh, it yeah. pays a bill, you get cover, you get you know uh, benefits, well, coverage, it, or what have you. You said that we're bouncing around back and forth. Let's bounce around to when I was a kid and okay. my dad was out of work and I helped pay the mortgage. Those things stick with you when you're a kid. Sure. You know? and How old were you at, at this point? I, I was like 12. Okay. You know? And I, I was working, you know, in a deli and right. all my money was going to my parents. Not, not begrudgingly, you know, I gave it to them because we needed it. But, you know, things like that, you know, when you, when you work in a deli and you're slicing deli meat all day and you walk home because you don't have a car and the cats are following you home, you know, you know, <laughs> this, it's one of those life moments that you're like, wow, I don't ever want to really be doing this type thing or, or working in a restaurant for, for 12, 13, 14 hours a day. It's rough, yeah. you know, and. And having gone through that, you know, when I got my teaching job because, you know, I was starting a family, um, you know, I wanted to do comics because it's ingrained in me and I, I need to tell and draw stories and and I want to keep doing that. But teaching allows me a lot of freedom to do stuff that I maybe wouldn't have done in comics. Um, but it, you know, it, it helps that it, it's there and I don't, you know, I'm good at my job. I'm good at all my jobs. Um, some say that... No, you know, your students like you. At least the ones I've met yeah, seem well, to like you. <laughs> well, hopefully they all like me, but I'm sure there's some out there that don't. I mean, I... Of course. Because I make them hand in projects and then I'm a jerk. But, you know, it's it's neither here nor there. It's a job, you know. And, and that it instills in me a sense of safety that, you know, again, harkens back to when I was a kid. You know, that I can I can have this job and, and be okay. And, and, you know, there was a point, because a lot of people were telling me, oh, you know, your comics are doing well and you still have your teaching job. You're going to have to do just one or the other eventually. And I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to. And then I guess as I, as I was thinking it over, it just I, I thought about it too long and it never happened. And I, <laughs> and, I, and I kept both jobs. So there was a point where you were considering leaving this teaching job? Well, one or the other, I'm thinking. I don't know if I can do both of these. I don't. I don't know if I. I guess can. I assumed you'd leave the teaching job if the comics was the. 
the passion. Well, it's, it was there was thought like about at the height leaving. of at the height of of Tiny Titans. Well, that's where I was thinking about yeah. leaving the t- the teaching job. But before that, I was thinking oh, about sure. leaving comics. Of course, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, it's just something that just never never happened. So all right, so to the to the point of of I actually wrote this down because you are both of you in art, but let's talk about you. Mm-hmm. You uh, carry yourself very confident, very self assured, very. Uh, you know, we've had conversations, right? And and I am, I can be confident, self assured, but it is it is tinged with a wide <laughs> swath of uh, anxiety and and uh, and uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Neurosis, right? Let's say. Okay. And uh, I know that it drives you crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you can, uh, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, and let, let, let's put it this way. Sure. I like you a lot. I like hanging out with you. I like talking with you. But someone someone asked me if I would ever work with you, and I said no way. There's no way I can work with that guy. Why not? I think you would drive me nuts altogether. What would what what about? I think it, you know you would pick apart everything in a panel. <laughs> you know, one panel. This guy's arm has to be here. He's why does he have six fingers instead? Of, you know, just little things like that. I think would just wind up driving me nuts eventually. But. uh so I don't think I could ever work with you, but I like hanging out with you. Sure. I'll invite you over for burgers anytime, and and and, and I love talking to you, and I love hanging out with you, but I don't, I don't know about working together. No, that, that's, we should try it one day, but I don't think it'll I, end I, well. I would like to think I'd surprise you. Right. Uh, and then I might I might drive you crazy in ways you don't expect. That's possible. Like, I think mm-hmm. I just ask a lot of questions. Right. More, th- more than picking things apart, I might mm-hmm. just ask a lot of questions, and and I might have... A bit more alpha in me, right. and I try to like push a little bit more of whatever right. my agenda might be. Right. Uh, but I think I'm okay at, at being collaborative. I think it's been a long time. I don't know. We've never collaborated, so we should no. try that at some point. But I mean, maybe. I haven't collaborated in a long time with a lot of people. Right. I've done it. Right. But it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did we get on that? Uh, uh, me, me as me. You as you. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hold on. I'm trying to remember how I got to. Oh, okay. So you are self-assured, confident. Right. Or at least that's my impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm learning more as we're talking here. Right. Uh, but you mentioned like there was a point where you're like, I might have to stop the comics thing. Right. What What was happening at that time where you thought comics might be a hobby? Like this might not be anything. <laughs> when we got that letter from Diamond about Patrick. Oh, is that? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was like both Art and I are like, well, I guess that's it. Right. You know, type thing. Um, I, You know, I don't know. It was just there, there have been moments here or there. Where you just always, um, uh, that was a doorbell. Yeah, people we're, are, we're in a comic, a comic store. store. Somebody just walked in. That's right. Do you want um, to pause the conversation? No, 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 we're okay. good. So um, I, there were times where, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this comic thing is going to work out. And then there are times when, oh, I don't know if this teaching thing is going to work out. I mean, I have those moments. but Are the things that make you think the teaching isn't going to work out, is it success in comics or issues being a teacher? It just, it's tough being a teacher. I mean, I, you know, at and you the beginning, teach, and you teach high school art, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just so that people who, yeah, I know that, but I realize people right, are right. listening, and I feel like we're having a conversation, not, yeah, not other people teacher, listening, right? And they're like, "What does he teach? Yeah. Does he teach math? All right, so yeah, you I teach te- high school art, right? I teach, I teach drawing and painting and AP. Those are the kids who are going into college for art. Basically. When I took when I took high school art, I I did take AP, and it alternated year by year that the test was either a portfolio or what what was the other one? Because mine was a portfolio. Yeah, well. You're, if you're doing the drawing AP, it would be a portfolio that you hand in. What's the other AP? Uh, AP would be art history. Okay. Yeah, and that's a written exam. 
and you teach that one as well? No, I just okay. teach the, the portfolio, the, the art. I remember like one year would be a portfolio and then one year would be some other drawing. They may have changed it over the years. That's possible. Yeah, because you know, every couple of years they, they redo the whole thing and revamp it and stuff like that. So Yeah, because my portfolio was not strictly drawing. Right. There there's, there's a writing component still to it, but it's not as laden as it used to be. I don't even think I remember having to write anything. I know I had to do slides. I had to get slides made. That was probably the art history. You probably yeah. some some schools combine studio, the two. AP Studio Art, I think it was called. Yeah, and well, I had some to, some schools combine it. Uh, I, don't know. I didn't have so, to write uh, any. I, from what I recall, I needed to put together I think thirty slides. Yeah, that's the AP, the drawing yeah. portfolio. But it wasn't all drawing. Some of them are sculptures. Then you probably didn't do the drawing portfolio. You probably did the studio art or something. S- yeah, something else. And again, they've changed them over the years. So right. what you what you did may not be the same thing they're doing now. I can imagine it wasn't. It was yeah. 1993, 92, yeah. 93. So it was a while ago. Mm. Uh, okay, so that's what you teach: drawing, painting, AP. Right. For ages, from grades what, 10, 11, 12, or nine, ten to nine to twelve? Well, I have, uh, I teach, you know, basic entry level studio art. So I have nine through twelfth graders. Okay. Yeah. All right. So back to teaching is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, yeah. It, it you know kind of kind of drains you a little bit you know uh is that internal that, or is it external like school budgets and this and yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's all of that but you know you you wonder why why we get that summer vacation <laughs> and it's because we would go nuts if we didn't i mean it, re- it really does kind of drain on you a while after a while you know i remember when i first started teaching i'd see teachers in the in the faculty lounge going what's wrong with those crotchety old guys you know i i'm starting to feel like i'm one of those crotchety old guys now just after years and years of of some of this stuff, but you know, I, my love is being in the classroom with, with the kids is what I like to do. I've heard that, uh, if a teacher gets through seven years, they're teachers, period. Right. Like that's the cutoff seven years. Yeah. There's that, there's that five year mark where, yeah, some people just, they're done, burnt out and done. Yeah. And have you ever wanted to move into administration? I know a lot of teachers like go from being teachers. I've been to asked, like, I've been asked to take over as, uh, as department chair, uh, twice. Department chair is still a teacher, though, right? It's not like an yeah, but it's overseeing the the department, the art department, which I've turned down. Okay, and and from there you would go into administration, assistant or, principal, principal, yeah, something whatever. like that. If you and I just have no desire to do any of that. <laughs> I was asked to be department chair twice, and I turned it down because that means you're less in the classroom, less in the classroom, on the ground, right. kind of a thing. Yep. Okay. All right. Um. So when you reach this twenty year point and you hit that pension, yeah. How much does that make you go? I'm out. I'm I'm getting close to thinking <laughs> that I'm at the 18 year mark now. Because um, at this point, your your son's going to college. He's going to be yeah. He's he will be going at some September. point. So I, I I figure at the very least I have four more years of working. Right. At some point he'll be taking care of himself. Right. Hopefully. Yep. Knock on uh, whatever this table's yep. made of. Mm-hmm. He's hearing us right yep. now, uh-huh. so he's he knows right what's there, expected yeah. of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And yeah. then, and then so then. All right, let's let's play this four-year. Not that you're going to quit teaching, but let's right. just play the the mm-hmm. hypothetical. Right. Um, at a certain point, after Tiny Titans, sort of the fervor died down, mm-hmm. and then you guys have been doing things together here and there. But you've done things on your own. Right. You did Dino Mike. Right. For Capstone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you're doing the the Patreon that started this whole conversation with right. Scoot. And you're building little things here and there. Right. I'm doing a book called The Ghost, The Owl with Sarah Richards. Right. That's coming out uh, hopefully at the beginning of the year. Right. Uh, There's the, the Peach book with Agnes uh, Gabarska. 
Yeah. Which, coming out eventually. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. there's no timestamp on this episode. So right. <laughs> keep an eye out for it. And then there's other stuff we won't talk about. I'm aware of it. Right. That mm-hmm. That's in motion. You have... Right. You have your finger in many pies. Trying, yeah. Yeah, you are. You're doing a very nice job of of oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, spreading yourself and and throwing a lot at the wall. Right. It's. I'm impressed by it because, as somebody that also writes and draws, you know, I get sort of internal, and we've talked. You know, right. We just talked about it, yeah. and I I have these ideas, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one after this one, and just right. everything takes so long. Mm-hmm. It's impressive that you're able to go. I want to see. I want to do this. Uh, let's see if this person will work on it with me. And boom, right. boom, boom, and you're able to. Sort of throw everything out and right. work with different publishers and try different things. It's, yes, it's, it's, but again, thanks to Tiny Titans, that's that's opened a lot of those doors where I don't think a lot of those people would have spoken to me. Oh, no, your but, your brand right is strong enough that you can say, right, I am Franco slash Share slash Madonna right, slash right. Thing. Let's have this conversation, right? And and people go, oh, that's Franco. Right, we might be able to sell based on the name Franco. A tiny t- you know, yeah, Eisner I don't know Winner. about that, but yeah. <laughs> they can attach Eisner Winner. They can attach these right. things. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about Dino Mike because I am a bit fascinated. Uh, you know, I haven't done as many episodes of this as I have in the past, but people who have listened know I'm interested in, in the workings outside of the direct market of comics. Right. The other kinds of things cartoonists can do. So Dino Mike, so people listening understand, was a a pre-middle grade chapter book, right? Yeah. Like ages, what, like... Uh, six to nine right exactly chapter book uh text with black and white many illustrations spot illustrations spot illustrations right how how was your experience with that and it's so far it's the only thing of that you've done yeah and again the the conclusion could be must not have been that great or it was great and you just haven't had the chance to do it again yeah it was it was great and i haven't had the chance to do it again um you know, it takes a lot out of you to write and draw. You did like uh, six of those, five I did, of those, uh, eight, eight, eight altogether. Okay. <laughs> and um, there, again, I don't think it was something that would have happened without Tiny Titans happening in my life. But um, so I'm very grateful to that and everything that's come after that. But um, you know, we were able to write mainstream comics. We were able to just you know pitch our own ideas and and have our own oh yeah comics through Dark Horse and then the Dynamite thing as well. Um, it was a great experience. Um, the only thing I don't like about it was like, I don't think they understand, you know, writers and artists in, in a sense that like, they're like, oh, this looks great. Um, you know, because you, you would pitch them the outline or, or the ideas of what you wanted to do. And they're like, oh, this is great. Can we have it by next Friday? And you're like, well, no, because I have to draw like 40 of these things and I'm I'm on vacation next week. And, you know, like, I don't think they have the concept of time as to as to that, but... You know, once you kind of lay it out for them and say you're not going to get it till this or that or whatever, and and you're all of accord, then then it's fine. But I guess I'm curious about your experience because you have such a long experience in the direct market of comics. Direct market for people listening that don't know is comic book shops. Right. Comic book shops, Diamond Comics, boom, boom, boom. It's a very specific language, a very specific world. No. I have learned much more about the book market, Mm -hmm. which is bookstores, libraries, schools, all that stuff. Right. Uh. And I've learned all their terminology, and I sort of have a, a a decent understanding of it over the past three or four years. I feel like Dino Mike was kind of your first stepping into that world. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's sort of maybe like a learning curve and some translation back and forth in terms of their expectation versus what you were used to in terms of generating and creating content. Yeah, I don't know if I had any of that. You know, they they came to me with a concept and and said, you know, would you be interested in doing this? 
And I guess maybe somebody else would have said yes and then entered into negotiations. Whereas I said, oh, that'd be cool. And with, without answering them, I did a whole bunch of drawings and a whole <laughs> bunch of illustrations. And I said, yeah, what do you think of these? Right. And they're, they were like, wow. Like, I guess they weren't expecting that. And, and they're like, yeah, can we, can we use this? Can we do it? And, and we're like, yeah, I'm good with it. So, so that's how that came about. So I don't know that there was any of that other stuff that you're, you're alluding to. And I don't think I've experienced any of that. So you haven't, cause you haven't done any, have you done like bookstore appearances or you've done any, like yeah. the publisher set stuff up for promotional ass, anything? No, I haven't done a lot of that stuff except for, you know, one or two bookstores that have called me and asked me to come out. Right. Um, so I've done those, but other than that, yeah, I haven't really done. Cause you've never done any of the library shows. You never did ALA. No. Well, I've been to, I've been to the book expo. Right. Um, cause I was asked to be there by capstone. Right. Uh, when the book came out. Um, how, you, how was that experience relative to like a comic con? That was weird because there were a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and, and we've had that with Tiny Titans as well, but you know, it was I don't know, it wasn't as many kids. <laughs> it was more adults at, at well, the book, book expo. Type is, that. is for booksellers. It's, right. It's retailers yeah. and, and publishers mm-hmm. all coming together. It's very right. much an industry right event. Mm-hmm. They've now introduced book con, which is where people can just come and look at books. But okay. Book expo is a lot of freebies. Right. Publishers giving stuff away. Right. Uh, so I can see that being, yeah, there wouldn't be kids there. Yeah. Because kids aren't running a Barnes & Noble. Right. Or an independent bookstore in Boston <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. They, they right. did interesting, <laughs> interesting, but it would be like a Little Rascals episode where they take over a Barnes & Noble. Right. Um, yeah, I guess I, I'm, again, I've had more success with my kids' stuff outside of the direct market. Right. Because... You know, there's there's an inherent advantage to doing something like Tiny Titans that has de- recognizable DC characters and the the power of DC behind it. Absolutely. Versus doing, I mean, you know it. Oh yeah, comics or right. whatever it is you're doing yep. that's not, yeah, you know, doesn't have Robin in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. There there's there's a dichotomy there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting to me that you haven't, like, I think because of the success you've had in the direct market, you're able to, to maintain and keep doing kid stuff in the direct market. Right. Where a lot of people haven't been able to do it and sort of have looked outside of that. You know, somebody yeah. like Raina or somebody like Faith Aaron Hicks, like their successes have not really been Yeah, they they're not in the direct market. In the direct yeah. market. Yeah. Do you how much of how much attention do you pay to that now? Now that you're you're past the point where you were self publishing and you didn't know right. what was happening, how much attention do you pay to the direct market versus outside in the kids publishing thing, which is your beat? Yeah, I don't know that I do. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we are so different. I don't, I don't know that I do. I, I just offers come to me and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be cool to work on, and, <laughs> and I'll work on that. I don't. But you also hunt down stuff like you. You offers come to you, but you're also developing stuff and you're looking for places to take it. Right. So, okay, I'm gonna try and skate around this one as much as possible. Okay. Without naming anything. Right. But there's a project you started working on with a mutual friend of ours. Right. And you had an idea of taking it to one publisher. Right. And more recently, another publisher has shown interest in that, and that yeah, in that thing, and that's the route I took. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but I mean that. But that's but what now it, was that that publisher approaching you, or was that your collaborator talking to that publisher saying, "I'm working on this with Frank." Well, Ray. I think I think that's what happened, and then and then that publisher is like, "Oh, how good is these... this? Like, it, there's not a single clue <laughs> as to what's happening." But you and I know exactly right. what we're talking I about. I think the yeah, the publisher came and said, "Oh, you know, would you be interested in doing this?" And I'm like, yeah, sure. And our mutual friend was like, really? And I'm like, because you had this idea. And I'm like, I'll go where the wind takes me. You know, right. like you're in that boat on the ocean, 
and it's either going to take you out to those sharks in the middle of nowhere <laughs> or it's going to take you to that dry island somewhere yeah um yeah again i'm all about the creation i mean you i think you're you're thinking more on the business end and yeah. giving me a lot more credit that way <laughs> well I, that's what i'm trying to figure out yeah i mean it, it, on the business end of things i think i i like to think that i'm a little bit more shrewd and savvy and like you know i i'll demand or want things but i think ultimately it's the story it's drawing and writing the story that you know interests it, me. it's it's similar to the question i asked art when i talked to him but it's sort of slightly different so the question i asked him was hit the work he does is it more uh i can't believe i get to do this it's so easy or nobody knows how hard it is to do this it looks so easy right. So I guess it's similar, but a different way is, I guess the question for you is, um, are you like navigating these, these waves? Are you catching waves like an expert surfer and you're seeing the waves and you're paying attention to the ocean or are you just like getting on a surfboard and by, no, I think, I think I'm paying attention okay. a little bit, not to the extent that you think I might be well, or I should don't be. Know. That's why I'm asking. But I'm, you know, I like to think that, the, you know, there are projects that I turn down that, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to be a good idea. Right. Um, you know, and, and we've had ups and downs with things, you know, even, even things like outside of it, like the, the comic stores and stuff like that. Um, who in their right mind would open up a comic book store? I don't know. But we're, you know, Art and I are like, oh yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. Right. Same thing. Um, you know, but I like to think that we went about it the smart way and we do things in the comic book stores that other comic book stores don't do, which kind of sets us apart. Sure. I like to think that we're doing that with comics as well or with any project that I do. But ultimately what reigns supreme for me is is the storytelling and the artwork and and I need to get that creativity out of me or I'll go nuts. <laughs> sure. I <think. laughs> and and I can see that and it's it's I guess it's I don't necessarily see you as being ultra super savvy. Right. But I mean I'm learning don't now. Don't tell anybody that. Tell everybody that I am ultra super uh, savvy. Yeah, but I'll yeah. cut all this out. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean clearly I mean you are you are self aware. And we're getting yeah. that here that, you know, that, that tiny Titans brand has been incredibly right. Beneficial. I, I think, I think when, when, when art not called to dis- me, not to dismiss anything no, no, you I, do, but I, I understand what you're saying. When, when tiny Titans happened and art called me and said, Hey, let, let's work on tiny Titans. And he can attest to this. You can ask him about it. That very first phone call where he called me and said, you know, tiny Titans, I said, awesome. Within a year, we're going to be writing a couple of books and drawing a couple of books at DC. And I remember him saying, okay, hold on. You know, I'm just calling you with this initial news. And I'm like, no, no, no. If we play our cards right, this is what's going to happen. This is the ambitious Franco. Right. Yeah. So I say, if we play our cards right, this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, within a couple of years, we were doing Tiny Titans. He was, he was drawing. We were writing Tiny Titans. We were writing Billy Batson and the Magic of Shazam. I love it. Still love and that. We were, and we were doing something else as well. Um, what was it? it was we, we did Young team. Justice. We did Green Lantern animated. Um, that's right. We did, you did Young Justice. That's right. We did. We did the 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 Green Team. We green did. Team. We did a couple of things here and there. Um, you know, solo issues and and things like that. So, but I remember telling Art, I'm like, see, you remember what I told you? Like, this is you know, yeah. this is what I was thinking of, and and so I'm always angling, but not to the point of badgering anybody. I just right. you know said, hey, you know, if if that opportunity comes up. You know, keep us in mind. If that opportunity comes up, keep us in mind. And luckily, people did. Sure. 
Yeah, it's a hustle. So, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, not hustle in like right. like a like a shell game. Like but it's I, hustle. But you're I always it, working. It goes back to what you said about you know being on the surfboard and looking to catch that wave. Right. And I and I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah. yeah. All right. That, that's yeah. sounds good to me. <laughs> um, so you did the dino mic, right? Uh, all the ideas you've come up with that you're working with other people on still comics, right? You never think like, oh, I should take one of these back to Capstone and do another book series? Do it um, all myself? You know, occasionally I send them stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what that world is like. You know, like, oh, we have something like it already. Um, you know, I've talked to other publishers as well, but, you know, comics is a thing that keeps saying yes to me. Sure. So, and it's, sure, and we'll it's publish the world that. we understand. Right. Sure, yeah. we'll publish that. So that's kind of where things have gone. So there, there is one of the properties that I was thinking, oh, that should be, you know, in the world of books. And then, you know, comics came came calling for it. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that I've abandoned that world or, or looking to just go to one or the other. It's just what, what the opportunities are. And you've never thought to, for, for the book world, get agented and have them... Yeah, everybody always says that, that I need an agent, too. And I don't need it, but I in the book world, that seems to be how business is done yeah why <laughs> uh it's I, not a question is why it's right like, yeah why? i mean i think part of it is i think some publishers uh exclusively deal with agents i right. think particularly in picture books right which you know the hardbound right 32 no to i mean pages. i know the answer why i just don't why <laughs> right. yeah and now i'm just showing off that i know right. things. <laughs> uh yeah I, I hear you right i do think depending on who the agent is you could be seen by different people or seen differently by people that might see something. I don't know. I don't have an agent either. I think about it for the book world. Right. Because it could open opportunities and get, get things where they need to be. Yeah. If you're not, you know, I I think mentally for me, it it, it goes back to if I can do it myself, why do I, (laughs) why do I need an agent type thing? Sure. Again, that trustability factor. I understand that. Yeah. So I don't know. (laughs) I I understand that. Uh, Part of it becomes of like, if I could do it myself, yes. But if an age, if you could find the right agent who's going to work right hard enough for you, so that you don't have to work so damn hard. I mean, we were just talking earlier about San Diego. Right. Right. And you asked me if I'm going. Like, I haven't been since 2012. Right. And and you know. You're like I don't want to go either, but I kind of have to go for for work. Well, I don't have to, but yeah, if you want work, you you pound the pavement. Do you find that San Diego is still effective for that? Yes. Really? Yeah. How so? The capstone book that you talk about yeah. happened because of a meeting that I had at in oh. San Diego, and oh. it was an it all was the an work, opportune meeting that just happened to be there. All the work I ever got from Capstone was from San Diego, but that was San Diego like 2008, right? When I knew somebody at DC, I said, who do I talk to at DC about doing licensed DC stuff? Right. And so that's Steve Corte. We'll send him over. Mm. Arguably, that could have happened if I just asked somebody right. in New York, who do I talk to? Right. I just happened to be in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, Art and I did the Super Pets shorts on Cartoon Network. Right. And that literally came about because we were leaving the convention hall. And, um, you know, we... <laughs> It's Mike Carlin, who right. used to be at DC, is now at, at um, Warner Brothers, the DC division in Warner Brothers. And we bumped into him as we were leaving the convention center. And he goes, hey, haven't seen you guys in a while. How you been? How's it going? It's my wife. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Hey, what are you guys doing for dinner? Uh, we have no plans. Let's go to dinner. We want to go to dinner. Do, I don't know how you not have dinner plans. <laughs> That's my whole thing. <laughs> well, well, maybe you don't have dinner. Maybe you do have dinner plans, and then you say you don't. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
but um, we wound up going to dinner, and at the end of the at the end of the or during the dinner, it's like, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing animation? And you're like, yeah, I was sure. a film major, MFR. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like, like, so then a couple of weeks later, we get a call, and then all of that happens. You know, so now you were a film major. So how much did that, like, getting to work in motion, moving pictures, animation or otherwise, mm. like, how much did that did that rekindle or, or retickle your your youthful endeavors? It, it, was, it was weird because that was a surreal moment because it was just like doing comics. So it wasn't it wasn't much more off the base of it because we didn't animate the thing, right? You know, they they have animators to do that specific. Did you board them? Um, Art did, yeah. Okay. So we got to see those, and we you know we got the design of the characters and all that other stuff, and then they sent us the the voice actors um, things and. And they're like, hey, who are you thinking for, you know, Ace the Bat Hound? And we're like, we get a choice on this? Like, we didn't, we don't know, you know, type thing. They're like, oh, we have uh, Dietrich Bader who did, you know, the, the voice of Batman in The Brave and the Bold. He's here. Would you mind if he did Ace the Bat Hound? Do we mind? <laughs> no, we, no, absolutely we don't mind. You know, and they would send us, like, you know, the voice characters and uh, the voice actors um, tapes and stuff like that. And it was, it was like doing, doing comic books. Almost. What's your credit on those? Uh, I don't think there are any because they're short. So still a credit writer created by but none that are on the short. No, they don't show up. Right. But you must have had some sort of credit. Yeah, I don't know if I'm on the IMDb page or not. I don't know. Okay. I didn't check. We should check. Go out there and check. Uh, oh, yeah. The IMDb page in your mind. Right. Uh yeah, I got credit in my mind, yeah. What's the credit in your mind? Awesome guy. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll allow well, we, it. We wrote them. We wrote right. them and, and art storyboarded them. So, yeah, I don't think anything beyond that. But I guess they hired somebody to direct them? Yeah. No, we didn't right. direct them. Right. Yeah. They had uh, a director, a voice director, all that other right. stuff. Right. Yeah. Are you considered producers? No. I don't think so. I guess the check. We've got to check the IMDb. We've got to check the IMDb page. Or check the pay stub. Right. Yeah. That would say something. Yeah. Presumably. No. All right. No producer credit. No producer. Sons. <sighs> Creator credit would be good too. Yeah. I think you get paid more over time. Yeah, it's something we didn't create those DC did. So or DC gets yeah, credit. Yeah, but then they have these shows like, like The Flash is like created by. But there's something I watched recently. A lot of the the Netflix Marvel shows right. would be like Daredevil created by whatever the guy's name was. Like, yeah. wait a minute. I don't know about that. Oh, the show was created by him. Yeah, but shouldn't it just say like developed for TV by? Yeah, if we're going to get picky about it, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to get a little picky right. about it. And we should write a, a strongly worded letter to someone. I'm sure it'll work. <laughs> I'm sure it'll, it'll work gangbusters. Uh, what did we not cover that you would like to cover or not cover? I don't know. I think pretty much everything. We kept away from everything salacious. I know you don't like talking salacious stuff. I don't know if I have anything in my past. Yes, that, you do. Oh, okay. We've had, we've had ex parte conversations. <laughs> Drives to and from Baltimore or what have yeah. you. And we're going to both be in Baltimore, right? This year? That's you the plan. Yes, yeah. Oh, now I've got to put this out before Baltimore. Oh, Thanks. man, sorry. Thanks for giving me a deadline. Uh, well, we'll record another one in the car ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do Phillipsburg. That's always a good drive. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fun show. Yeah. Uh, do, you st- do, you, uh, do you miss ever anything from the olden days? The road dogging, the, the no. self-publishing, any of it? Is it any no. part of pre-Patrick life? That you, you ever sort of go like, those were the days. No. <laughs> there, well, no. I mean, it was always, it was always dogging it and, and, you know, hitting the pavement. Nowadays, there's just not as much of that. 
you right. know, you you fly most places, and and honestly, sometimes if if they don't fly me out, then I won't go. Type sure. thing, you know. It's just time, you know. And as I'm getting older, it's harder and harder to do. I understand. You know? So I get I it. I don't know that I miss any of that old old stuff. I I don't blame you. I still have the same friends, so I don't know how much <laughs> of it I can miss. <laughs> so it's all it's all everything's changed, but it's all stayed the same. Pretty much, yeah. All right. yeah. Thanks, Franco. I think we did it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm officially on this now. Once I release it, assuming I don't screw up, it's something, uh. nothing happens to this computer on my way home. <laughs> Just yes. my luck, it'll happen. <laughs> well, I got to record the intro and the outro. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to, let's say this comes out before Baltimore. Anything you want to specifically uh, tell people where tell people to go? Uh, Anything you want to specifically tell people to go? That's no. not a sentence no. that works. Come see us in Baltimore if you're there. Yeah. Um, this is definitely Buy, buy my books. Yeah. Visit visit an oh yeah comic shop near you. Uh, there's one in Chicago, Skokie, Illinois. There is there, one. There's one in Muncie, Indiana, and there's one in Harrison, New York. Yes, those are all yeah. facts. Yes, and uh, and support you it. on Patreon. Yes, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, Patreon dot Franco. I'm gonna be doing another Patreon later on in September, possibly. All right. Yeah, maybe getting back to my mature readers' oh. roots. So oh we'll my. See. Yeah. Has. Okay, last thing then. <laughs> is that if that's serious? It, it is. I'm thinking about it. Do you when you think about it, do you worry about making that transition for people to understand you know, that? I, like, I used to between the, the kids kid stuff and, yeah. and, and the adult stuff and, and uh I told my wife about the idea. And she goes, Wow, that's a really good idea. That's kinda cool. I would want to read and she doesn't want to read anything right. in comics, but uh she goes, I, I would want to read that. And I said, Yeah, but it might be, you know, for more mature readers. And she goes, Yeah, but it's nothing like, you know, overtly you know, and I said no, but within the realm of immature readers, you know, there may be nudity and language, and and she goes, she goes, I think you've reached a point now where it won't really matter, you know, and, and I'm thinking that yeah, it won't. Okay, because that's something I've thought about. I've had, you know, there are comics on my website that are not kid comics, right? There's you know some language or some content that right. ain't for yeah. the ain't for the little ones, right? And I remember Chris and and Smitty would ask me like, you sure you want that on your site? Yeah. And then the ego is like, well, Shel Silverstein got to do it. Dr. Seuss got to do it. Right. Why can't I? Yeah, I think I think you know artistically you because I'm as do. good as Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss. Damn it, you are. You oh, no, you are. I mean, we are. Why? Why can't we? Right. You know, it's it, I've I've hit that you know quandary with myself. Do I or don't I? Yeah. And and uh, I'm thinking I'm gonna. And nice. it should be it should be fun. I Again, it's always it. about you know the story and the artwork and. And not worrying about so much as like, oh, what are people going to think about this as much as, oh, I get to do this right? type thing. So I think that's why I'm going to do it. All right. Keep your eyes out for it, gang. I'm yes. going to. Yes. Thank you, Franco. Thank you, Greg. Thank you again to Franco. Also, thank you to Mark Hammond, the man who runs the daily operations at Oh Yeah Comics New York in Harrison. He actually wasn't there that day, but I still thank him for use of the store for recording. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Franco. We'll all be at Baltimore Comic Con, so come find all of us and say hello. And say thanks to them for helping make this happen. This show and all past episodes are available at StuffSetShow.com. And you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. 
the theme song that you hear at the beginning of this show, the, the 20 Seconds of Awesomeness, that is written, composed, performed by Craig Chin. You can find more of his work at rudeanagrams.com. Uh, I talked about my newsletter and all my books at the beginning of the show, so I'll just remind you about that and say, for more about me, go to hatterentertainment.com, H-A-T-T-E-R, entertainment.com. That's about all the stuff I have left to say. I'll see you next time.